Today is January 11th, 2021. Trump is permanently banned from Twitter. Support grows for a second impeachment. And Republicans begin to flee from Trump's block. Welcome back, Split the Difference friends and Split the Difference family to another beautiful episode that we've got rolled out for you here early on this Monday morning. We have been working tirelessly throughout the entire weekend to bring you guys the best news and insights and arguably the best podcast that we have done so far. Please hear me when I say y'all are going to enjoy it. We're going to look at the left, we're going to look at the right, and we're going to do our best to find that sweet, sweet truth that lies right there in the middle. So without further ado, let's hop on in to our first story of the day, story number one. So for our first story of the day, Trump is officially banned from Twitter and also Facebook. So this comes after a pair of tweets that Twitter said violated their rules against promoting violence. The first tweet said this, quote, The 75 million great American patriots who voted for me, which honestly I, I don't think that he actually had 75 million people, but anyways, The 75 million great American patriots who voted for me, America first, and make America great again will have a giant voice long into the future. They will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape, or form. Emphasis added on some words because they were in all capital letters. <laughs> so they basically said that this specific tweet could be seen as further pushing a lie to convince his supporters that he did not lose the election and that Biden is in fact an illegitimate president, which... Clearly, you can see in that tweet. So the second tweet said this to all of those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration on January 20th. They said that this tweet uh, could further indicate that he did not believe that the election was legitimate. And it also they also said that it could allude to the inauguration not being safe uh, when seen in the context of what happened last week, which arguably is absolutely true with what happened last week in the Capitol. Uh, and the amount of subsequent things that have actually come out uh, within the past couple of days of people saying that they're going to form a gigantic protest, which very well could devolve into a riot on Inauguration Day when Biden is supposed to be inaugurated. I could definitely see how Trump and a lot of people would be looking at Trump's tweet and saying that he is uh, pushing or inciting further violence as a result of that. So, so far, with his uh, Inauguration Day tweet, uh, so far he will be only the fifth living president to not attend the inauguration of an upcoming president. One of those, however, I will say, was Woodrow Wilson, who did not attend the inauguration of William G. Harding uh, because Woodrow Wilson was, in fact, incredibly sick. So I don't know how much you can count that. Um, it is clear and as the, you know the vast majority of people know it is totally normal practice for a president even though he has been voted out even if he has been voted out of office to attend the inauguration of the president that is coming after him you saw this when you know for example Barack Obama invited Donald Trump into the White House gave him his briefing talked through everything before Trump was supposed to be sent into office Barack Obama and Michelle Obama were there at President Trump's inauguration, which Donald Trump claimed were was just millions and millions of people that were there, <laughs> which there in fact was not that many people there. <laughs> 
Donald Trump said that it was the most attended inauguration ever when it in fact was not <laughs> just standard Trump stuff there. So, um, what we what we can do, I guess, in light and in context of Donald Trump being removed from Twitter and Facebook, let's hop in and kind of look at what both sides have to say and see if there's any legitimacy to both sides, which I guess there is some legitimacy to both. So the left, uh, they are cheering the decision by Twitter and Facebook um, and you know, honestly are saying that they've allowed his tweets and allowed his voice to go on for far too long. Many on the left are saying that Trump should have been deplatformed a very, very long time ago, um, citing multiple other tweets where he was saying and doing a whole bunch of things that is just not what you would want for a president to do. Also, it is important to note that the Twitter accounts for the pres for POTUS, President of the United States, have not been removed uh, because those are actually government-sanctioned uh, Twitter accounts. Uh, they've really just removed Donald Trump's Twitter account, which is real Donald Trump, uh, which that is where he has the vast majority of his following. I think he's got close to like 100 million followers or something like that the last time that I checked. Um and as we have talked about in the past, the left continues to take the stance on social media um, that it is better to limit free speech in order to stop violence or bad messages from being pushed out. So a lot of their argument behind this is basically Trump has way too much of a foothold as a resort as, as a result of his Twitter account being so incredibly popular, especially within the United States and worldwide. And because of the things that Donald Trump says, he should be removed because we shouldn't allow for him to have a voice. You see this all the time, especially in the left side of the aisles cancel culture, where you have this large mob of people that all, you know, attack one specific person or one specific group because of the beliefs that they have, or maybe even something that they've said 10 years in the past, um, this is a pretty common thing on the left side of the aisle. Not not super surprising here. Uh, many have said that Trump has incited violence and raised the political temperature through his rhetoric for many, many years before this, which is just objectively true. Donald Trump, of course, has raised the political temperature in the United States. Um, but they argue that this alone should be enough to remove somebody from social media. Okay, So the right is saying uh, somewhat of the same, somewhat different. So Per the last couple of weeks, uh, the right side of the aisle is somewhat split. The Republican Party is kind of split in how they want to handle Trump. One side is saying that Trump did stuff that was worthy of being removed from the sites. Uh, this was not a popular opinion on the right, really, until about the last week. I, I think that uh, the Capitol Hill riots and the taking over of the Capitol building I think in many ways have, I think, maybe opened the eyes to for a lot of Republicans. And I think there's a lot of Republicans that are pretty much just ready for him to go. Um, many are viewing what happened last week on the Capitol storming as kind of like the final straw almost for the way that Trump has raised the political temperature and rhetoric for years now. Um, and they're OK with him saying things uh saying the things that he has in order to defend free speech. However, now with the amount of violence that has taken place as a result of Trump's followers who are very, very devout, uh, actually insurrecting the Capitol building, they're saying, all right, well, this has gone too far. Now he has passed that threshold and he has passed that line. It's time for him to be deplatformed. 
the other portion of the right um, points to this as just another instance of the media and the left wing working to silence Trump and his followers. So these are, of course, the forever Trumpers, the people that are Trump has never done anything wrong. You can't accuse him of any kind of malice or any type of uh, poor acting because that is really just the media that is displaying him in that way. Trump is actually a really, really good guy. This is this portion of the Republican Party. So pretty much just Trump's stalwart followers. So many of these people have been the ones that have said uh, that many on the left are actively working to silence conservative voices. This has been a common thread amongst Republicans for a while in this argument, in this push that the left side of the aisle, in order to be able to win in politics, is working to silence conservatives, right? They just want to cut them off from the platforms. Make sure that their videos don't get spread around nearly as widely. Uh, make sure that they don't get on news stations nearly as much or editorial boards nearly as much. They, that the left is trying to silence the voices of the conservatives because they're scared of the truth that the conservatives are bringing to the table. Okay, um, So now most of these people are turning to parlor, which... Or parlay. I'm going to call it parlor. But um, in order to kind of, kind of, quote, have their voices heard, you know, this has been going on for a couple months now. Parlor has continued to gain a larger and larger user base, especially amongst this kind of like far right wing and alt right portion of the Republican Party. They're looking at this as like this is going to be our new Twitter and Facebook because Twitter and Facebook are just too far left wing. They're too far gone. They're trying to silence us as conservatives. So we need to have our own site so we can say what we want and say what we think. Um, I have actually heard many people on the right um, say that they are, and these are just Trump, like solely Trump loyalists that have said this, but they are actually saying that Fox News is selling out to the left. They won't even get their news from Fox anymore. Fox is too far left. They're not conservative enough for them anymore. If you think far, if you think Fox News is too far left, um, then I think it's safe to say you've been effectively radicalized by the Trump message. <laughs> Um, so I will say a couple of things around all of this, okay? Because it is important. This is probably one of the more important conversations that we have to have in this day and age is what do we need to do around this discussion with free, spree, free speech and social media and violent and, and insightful, violence, the people that are inciting violence, right? And all of these heightened political rhetoric that's happening as a result of social media. Because all of us can agree even just 10 or especially 20 years ago before social media was really even a widely popular thing, political conversations were not nearly as heated as they are now. I mean, I have, I have friends and I have family that do not want to talk about politics at all anymore because they are so impassioned by the subject, okay? Which is completely de like yes, people have always had their political opinions, but now it's it's to an, it's to the nth degree. So to say that Trump did not radicalize and raise the political temperature to the point that it is at right now is just simply not true. So when you see the right side of the aisle act like Trump is guiltless in all of this, that's just false, right? Yes, the media absolutely have a play in this. They absolutely have a part in all of this. Yes, the left absolutely raises the temperature as well. However, the language and rhetoric that Trump uses actively is used very, very purposefully to incite his followers to the powers that are against them, right? The, the Trump has done a very, very good job of, of marketing himself as the victim 
always, right? He's the victim of, of the Democrats trying to attack him. He's a, he's a victim of the media trying to attack him. He's a victim now of Republicans trying to attack him. And he has a very, very devout base and following that are willing to listen to just about anything that he says, regardless of if it is actually based in fact. And they want, and Trump wants to raise that temperature to the point where, you know, they are impassioned behind him, emboldened behind him. And when that happens, you see stuff like the Capitol, Capitol Hill being uh, raided last, like it was last week. With all of that having been said, Donald Trump can't be held legally culpable for what happened at the cal- at the Capitol, okay? I've heard a lot of calls over the past week that Donald Trump needs to be indicted, that he needs to be arrested, that uh, all this stuff that like Donald Trump purposefully told all of these people to do all this stuff, that's not necessarily true either, okay? So there has to be a very, very strict standard for how you hold people accountable for violence that takes place by the people that are following them, okay? So Ben Shapiro actually has a had a very, very good segment about this in his podcast last week. Um, he talked a good bit about and has talked a good bit about this frequently over the past couple of months as the conversation around social media has gotten more and more prevalent, um, basically talking through how uh, you can't hold people accountable because their followers go out and do something crazy. Just in the same way that you can't hold Barack Obama accountable for raising the temperature and the political conversation around police brutality and violence in America and then having somebody go and shoot five or six Dallas police officers when he was president. Just in the same way that you can't hold Bernie Sanders accountable when one of his followers, who was a devout Bernie Sanders supporter, went and shot up a Congress congressional uh, little baseball game that they were having, and Steve Scalise of Louisiana was shot gr- and gravely injured. He almost died from his injuries. But you you can't blame the the people that are in you know in power for that, right? You can't hold them legally culpable for it. Um, just because that's that's not how our justice system works. So at some point, Trump was bound to lose his social media privileges on these various sites. Uh, when you have someone with over 100 million followers and they continue to push uh, lies, they continue to push things that are just completely based uh, in, in fiction, that, that is incredibly detrimental to our democracy, you're eventually going to see these sites step forward and take some action. Um, there has to be some sort of repercussions for that. Uh, companies can, you know, and at the end of the day, they, they are, you know, they're companies, so they can choose however it is that they want to, to allow and disallow people onto their platforms. Um, up until this point, they have allowed pretty much everyone on to say pretty much whatever they want, uh, or at least up until maybe about three to four years ago, uh, when Twitter and Facebook started to, I think, dial in a lot around the 2016 election, a lot of the stuff that people were saying. Um, so if they want to kick, kick Trump off of their platform, they're well within their right to do it. If they lose a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of their you know users as a result of that, then that's just a calculated business risk that they will have to take. Um, when it comes down to it, though, I don't see that happening. I think they're going to kick Trump off, and pretty much everybody that says they're going to parlor is going to stay on Twitter and going to stay on Facebook all the same. So anyways, with all of that having been said, let's go ahead and hop on in to our second story of the day, story number two. So for our second story, the Democrats move to impeach. So this has been one of the bigger headlines over the past over the past week. Um, the Democrats now have 185 members of the House that have said they are willing and want to sign articles of impeachment. 
There have also been Republicans that have said they would consider signing or at least reviewing what the Democrats put put forth. Uh, They have not scheduled any vote on an impeachment thus far. It would be very, very difficult for them to actually be able to get together and get a vote out there because Congress is actually in a recess until the new administration actually comes into office. So for the next, like, week and a half is when they would have to get it done. Uh, they would, they are actually all technically in a recess. So Nancy Pelosi would have to call everyone as the speaker of the house, uh, back together in order to be able to have a vote on its articles of impeachment specifically. So the Senate has multiple Republicans and Democrats that have also said that they want to review articles of impeachment. Should the house put them together, pass them and send them to the Senate. Um, but here again, McConnell would have to call together a session of the Senate in order to allow for the impeachment articles to be reviewed and debated. And then he would have to authorize a vote to be put on it. So, uh, the likelihood of that happening is it's not zero, but it's, it's pretty low. Okay. Uh, I think that you'd have to see a couple more things happen in order for that to all actually take place. But Um, It is important to talk through why this is happening and what both sides may have to gain from this. So the Democrats, of course, would love to be able to say that Trump was the first president in American history to be to be impeached twice. It would be pretty much the icing on the cake for them uh, going into the Trump actually leaving office. They defeated him in the election. A lot of the Republicans that supported Trump were handily beat in their elections as well. Um, I've also heard a lot of people on the right say that this is purely political, that they're just drafting this up as another attempt for the Democrats to kind of rebuke Trump because they pretty much just hate him. Uh, There is a little bit of legitimacy to this, seeing as how there's very little chance of an impeachment actually going through because of how little time is left. Um, A lot of Republicans are arguing that this is just the Democrats posturing Uh, because they know they won't be able to get an impeachment vote actually out there. It's just them looking good in front of the people that would have already voted for them. I can definitely see that argument for sure. Um, It's not the most sound argument because I I do think there are a lot of Democrats and Republicans that do legitimately believe that what Trump did in this past week in promoting and inciting a lot of the violence on the Capitol, um, that he should be impeached, that he's done an impeachable offense. Um, It would be the fastest impeachment in history um, and would deal a pretty huge final blow to Trump right as he was leaving leaving the office. Um, I think the main reason why the Democrats want to be able to push and get an impeachment, uh, articles of impeachment actually voted on, is mainly to hold the Republicans' feet to the fire. Like I've said before, the Republican Party is split pretty heavily right down the middle right now. And the Democrats want to drive a wedge even more into that split if they can, because it severely diminishes the power and the hold that the Republican Party will have. So a lot of people that are more moderate Republicans are looking at what happened last week and they're like, Trump has got, somebody's got to be held accountable for this. This looks horrible. This is terrible. Like nobody invades the Capitol building especially not our own countrymen, like people in America, led by and incited by the president of the United States, he needs to be impeached. Whereas you have the other group of Republicans that are looking at it and, of course, going to follow Trump straight off the cliff, okay? So Republic or Democrats would love to be able to put this to a vote because it would force the Republicans to have to decide and have their, their name down on a sheet of paper that says whether or not they were going to actually impeach a president 
for what would be an incredibly impeachable offense or whether they're going to just side with Trump and continue to be Trump devote followers. This is the main line that the Democrats want. If they're able to get a vote into the House where you're holding Republicans down to pen and paper and then display that to Americans that there are still Republicans that are refusing to break away from Trump and his coalition, even though he has done an incredible amount of damage to our country and to democracy, there, there are a lot of Democrats that want to see that happen. They want to hold those Republicans' feet to the fire, which politically is incredibly smart for the Democrats to do. Nancy Pelosi, do not be confused. She is not dumb. Nancy Pelosi knows what she is doing, okay? So, what would be or are there any benefits for the Republicans voting on an article of impeachment as well? So, um, for the most part, you're seeing Republicans kind of staying quiet on the issue. There have been a couple of Republicans that have come out and said that they think that Donald Trump needs to be impeached. Uh, but for the most part, everyone, I think, is kind of just like sitting back, staying quiet, as quiet as they possibly can, and trying to allow everything to just settle down until Trump can get actually removed from office on the 20th. Um, I think many Republicans are seeing the writing on the wall of how everything is going downhill with Trump, and they're wanting, hopefully, to buy their time right? Until the, you know, things kind of settle out, right? They're kind of just wanting to be like, man, I really don't want to have to put my name down on a sheet of paper and decide whether or not I want to impeach Trump because that may or may not hurt me with some of his followers that are in my own constituency. So hopefully I can just, we can just let this thing kind of roll. We've only got about 10, 12 more days and then Trump is out of there, right? Um, so however, I will say this, there is an argument for why a lot of Republicans would actually want to impeach and remove Donald Trump from office, okay? The Senate, should they decide to convict and remove Trump from office, also have the authority to keep him from ever holding a political office again. So you saw this in the case of Richard Nixon. He was impeached, he resigned, he didn't. He wasn't removed from office, quote-unquote, he was going to be removed from office, but... Richard Nixon, I do not believe, and you guys can fact check me on this, was allowed to hold a political office again. They could do the same thing with Donald Trump. This would be of huge benefit to a lot of the Republicans that are worried that Trump will take the voting block from them and create a third party. There is this growing worry and growing concern amongst a lot of the Republican bloc that Donald Trump is going to leave and create his own independent third party that would basically rival the Republicans and split the Republican vote. Should that happen, Democrats would win every election in a landslide. It wouldn't even be close, right? You're splitting the Republican vote in half. So if they were to come in, knock Trump off of his block, right? Say you're not allowed to run for office anymore. They don't have to worry about 2024. They don't have to worry about Trump coming in and trying to trying to stir a whole bunch of stuff up. They have it pretty much sealed up. They can give it the nomination to whoever it is that they want. So there is an argument on the Republican side of the aisle to impeach and remove Trump as well. Will all of this happen? Very, very, very unlikely, in my opinion. I could be wrong. I don't see it happening, though. So with all of that having been said, let's hop on into our last story of the day. Story number three. So, third story of the day is all of the Republicans that are fleeing Trump. This is probably one of the funniest things I've seen in a while. So, uh, here is Lindsey Graham, all right? This is Lindsey Graham up on the Senate floor uh, giving a little, little, little talk about uh, enough is enough. Uh, Trump and I, have, we've had a hell of a journey. I hate it being this way. Oh, my God, I hate it. 
From my point of view, he's been a consequential president. But today, first thing you'll see. All I can say is uh, count me out. Enough is enough. I've tried to be helpful. But when the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled four to three that they didn't violate the, Supreme, uh, the Constitution of Wisconsin, I agree with the three, but I accept the four. If Al Gore can accept five, four, he's not president. I can accept Wisconsin four to three. Pennsylvania, it went to the Second Circuit. So much for all the judges being in Trump's pocket. They said, no, you're wrong. I accept the Pennsylvania Second Circuit that Trump's lawsuit wasn't, wasn't right. Georgia, they said the Secretary of State took the law in his own hands. He changed the election laws unlawfully. A federal judge said, no, I accept the federal judge even though I don't agree with it. Fraud. They said there's 66,000 people in Georgia under 18 voted. How many people believe that? I asked, give me 10. And had one. So that's Lindsey Graham <laughs> up there right now eating everything that he has said for the past four years. We're now at the point where Lindsey Graham's relationship with Donald Trump is like Ross and Rachel off of Friends. They go back and forth. They break up. They can't decide if they're on a break or not. They get back together and they're best friends and they love each other again. And then they're back off again. And I, I will be honest with you, I have to give credit to my buddy Brent for that one. He's the one that said that. But uh, a lot of Republicans are starting to do this. So uh, Trump had multiple people in his administration resign or step down after last week. Viewing what happened is pretty much the final straw. Like, all right, enough is enough. I'm out of here. This ship is going down and it's going down fast. Uh, many Republicans that have been Trump loyalists for years have started to really move away from him and kind of the path that he is on right now because they're worried it's pretty much going to destroy their political career. So um, with all of that, Donald Trump has zero plans to go away quietly, even though a whole lot of Republicans have condemned Trump for a lot of the things that he said and what happened last week. And even though a few have even called for his resignation, most pointedly, I think, and got the most news was uh, Murkowski out of uh, a representative out of um, Alaska or a senator out of Alaska called for his resignation late last week. Uh, there's no doubt that Trump still has a lot of people that are very firmly in his camp. So in a poll that was taken last week after the after and around the time of the Georgia senatorial election, um, seven out of 10 Republicans that voted last week thought that the Biden administration coming in was illegitimate. 70 percent of the Republicans that is a startling statistic. And those seven out of 10 people are people that are 100% Trump, Trump voters and Trump fans, right? There's no reason why, as a Republican, you would believe a lot of the things that have been put out that Donald Trump has put out around the election being totally illegitimate and being totally full of fraud, unless you were convinced that Donald Trump should have won the election, okay? The Republicans that are not sold out for the Trump camp just aren't the ones that are saying that everything is illegitimate. So Donald Trump has already come out and started to make s little snide remarks and talk very, very slightly about uh, how he was going to start to campaign against Republicans that have slighted him or done anything against him in their primaries when they're running for the midterms in 2022 or in 2024. So Trump is doing his best 
to pave a way for him to try and manipulate and control politics as much as possible, even though he is not in office. And that is a very, very scary thing for a lot of the Republicans. It kind of gets into a little bit of what I was talking about earlier uh, in the second story about how there's probably a good bit of Republicans that really would love to see Trump taken off of his pedestal. So, There were also protests in Missouri over the weekend calling for Josh Hawley's resignation. So he is uh, the senator that was getting a whole bunch of attention because he was basically, he's been a huge Trump fan from the get-go, right? He has backed Trump all the way through now, even as Trump is, you know, taking that bus and driving it straight over the edge of the cliff. And many people were saying that Hawley was involved in instigating a lot of the riots and protests that happened last week because he was calling the election illegitimate. He voted in the Senate floor uh, to be able to not count a lot of the electoral ballots and to challenge some of the ballots that Joe, for Joe Biden uh, in the Senate. Uh, many people basically are viewing Hawley as one of Trump's kind of peons, one of the people that is firmly in the Trump camp and, are, and is working as hard as to try and prove that there was a whole bunch of fraudulent activity that happened in this past election when there's not a ton of examples or, I guess, you know, proof that that actually happened. So, um a lot of these senators and a lot of these representatives that have kind of uh, gone solely after Trump, they basically have hung their fight, hung their hat on fighting absolutely everything tooth and nail um, against anything that the Democrats would do and really trying to fight for Donald Trump. Well, now that Donald Trump is gone, of course, they're going to do everything in their power to stonewall all that Joe Biden does. But with the amount of people that are upset with Trump right now, there's a lot of Republicans that are going to be in a pretty sticky situation coming up in the next couple of weeks, and especially going into the midterms in 2022. It will be very interesting to see how much control Trump still has over the Republican Party then. So Biden has done his best to stay out of the fray to his credit um, of what is going on and try to turn his focus on him getting uh, started and getting things done come the 20th. Uh, he even came out and said, quote, we need a Republican Party. We need an opposition that is principled and strong. So Biden clearly sees he's been in politics for a long time. OK, Biden clearly sees the importance of having that jockeying back and forth and having the two parties balance each other out as best as possible to help keep more progressive and not beneficial agendas from being pushed through what doesn't matter which side of the aisle that it is on. So hopefully we start to see some things start to dial back once Trump is removed. I don't know that that will happen. It was, it is, you know, painfully obvious that Trump doesn't have any plans of going away anytime soon. So the Republican Party is going to be in a pretty sticky situation trying to figure out what they're going to do with all of these Trump voters. And all it takes is for Trump to send out one parlor message. I don't know what you call it on parlor. He sends out one parl that's like, you know, oh, we don't like this guy now. And a lot of his, you know, voters may end up following after that and doing it at whatever it is he says. He's got some incredibly devout followers. So um, we'll have to see how all this plays out over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully the inauguration goes off without a hitch and everything is safe and everything is fine. Um, Obviously, we don't want to see anything awful happen like what happened last week at the Capitol. So with all of that having been said, that is the end of our last story of the day. Let's hop on into the last segment, my favorite segment, something that made me smile. So something that made me smile this week was actually my wife's grandmother's 80th birthday. We got to go up and celebrate her a little bit on Saturday. Um, 
socially distanced and masked and whatnot. Uh, it was very, very good to see her. We haven't been able to see her a lot over the past year because of all the situation with the coronavirus and making sure that she's safe. But it was very good to see her. We were able to sit down and eat a little bit of food and just laugh and talk and have a good time. It is crazy that she hit the big 8-0 this week, but we are so happy that she's with us. Um, she is an absolutely awesome person. Good old Nana. Um, so I had a great time celebrating her over the weekend. So um, that's definitely what made me smile. So with all of that, that is the end of the show. Thank you so much for stopping by, for listening in, and helping us do our best to help, you know, find that sweet truth that lies in the middle and stop sowing so much divisiveness and discord in the political conversation. Hopefully, we can continue as a community to start to bring some unity together to all of this, all of these talks because it is absolutely needed. So with all of that having been said, remember as always, y'all, We're going to do our best to stay level-headed. We're going to do our best to be reasonable, and we're always going to split the difference. This is Austin Taylor.